My, my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Hey, my friends, welcome to the game today of Sports Time Out. I am Michelle Mendoza, and I'm going to introduce you to the team joining us today to talk about the sports stories of the week. We have a great team ready to, not afraid, actually, to hit some of the hardballs in the uh, crazy sports stories and even entertainment world today. So we will take them on, and I will introduce you to the guys. We have with us, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get. That's right, Garrick Payne. He's a pastor, he's a coach, he's a former chaplain of the Seattle Supersonics. He plays himself. The Seattle Sounders. So, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got Dean Tolson on my mind. And then we have. I've, when they come back, Eric, when they come back, we have with us Brent R. Baker. Photographer Brent. And we have our guest today. He is uh, formerly with the Seattle Supersonics. He's the author of a book that I hope will really impact young men and women in sports to make something better of themselves through education. I'm so excited to have with us as our guest player today, Dean Tolson. That's right. So this is our team today. And guys, I want to introduce you, first of all, to Dean. He's a first timer here. And Dean Tolson has, he's a former NCAA NBA player. Um, and this man, as a former professional black basketball player and now a motivational speaker and author, began his life in the ghettos of Kansas City, Missouri, and became one of the most outstanding high school basketball players in the nation. I played with the University of Arkansas. Uh, he served with the Army, and he was drafted by our own Seattle Supersonics. Some of us are from the great Northwest, so that's that hits close to the heart. But he has a mission now to reach kids across America with the importance of education and graduation. He's written the book, Power Forward, a memoir, and it, illustra it, it, it illustrates his life as an illiterate boy who went from living in a home for orphans to becoming a professional athlete. Dean, so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for having me, Michelle, and on your show and all your guests and your panel there and to get an opportunity to speak to the audience. Yeah, you have a, a great passion, and what a story, guys. If you watching haven't heard Dean's story and Garrick Brent, I don't know how well you're acquainted with beyond what we used to see on the basketball court, but what Dean's backstory is, you're going to be amazed. As I alluded to, Dean, you were a, an, an illiterate little boy living in an orphanage in the ghetto, and... Uh, you, because of sheer talent, were a, were found yourself not only playing crazy good basketball as a high school student, but uh, you were given an opportunity to go to college. But what happened there, um, where you were dealing with not being able to read and write, uh, was astounding in how you were passed through. I want to talk a little bit about that. That's an important okay. story. 
Kansas City, Missouri is the type of place, if you uh, grew up in the inner city there, it's a high concentration of a lot of violence and um, a lot of being uneducated, a lot of different challenges that one has to overcome to get to the level that I had no business getting to. (laughs) (laughs) And miraculously, I got there. And when you were there, uh, you still had to, through through your education, uh, there was more importance, can we say there was more importance put on your athletic prowess than helping you to grow as a student, helping you to overcome illiteracy? I didn't start to overcome illiteracy until uh, I was 32 years old. And that's when I started to learn to read and write. So how, how does that happen when you're in college? How did that happen? <laughs> they had a kid take my ACT, SAT test for me and get a placement test, and he passed it in flying colors, and uh, I landed in the University of Arkansas on someone else's efforts and went through four years of illiteracy and compiled uh, 80 hours of F grades on a 124-hour transcript. My gosh. Which isn't really doing you any favors. No, it doesn't do anyone any favors. And that's the reason for me sharing the story with kids across this country that they need to uh, dial in and tune in on how important their education and their life and their future is for them, uh, their families, and their own children. Uh, it's it's amazing uh, that you were able to overcome. You didn't have to. You could have ridden just out. Right. I could have gave, gave up. Yeah. But I was challenged to give up many times. How, how, do you think that the college system has changed much since your experience? Absolutely not. They're just a little slicker with it now oh. than they used to be. <laughs> yeah, just a little slicker than wow. they used to do when I was coming through. So you are on a mission to encourage kids that because I don't think kids often realize when they're riding high on the fame and the adrenaline of uh, college or professional sports that there is there has to be a life after sports it's a short-lived career no matter how good you are yeah especially if you get injured before the end of your career that's very likely likelihood of that happening is, is, is very high, especially in impact sports, football, basketball, baseball. And so fortunately I didn't get injured and I played high school, college, international, and in the NBA. Right. I appreciate what you've been able to do. You really, you're a hero. <laughs> Not really, oh. <laughs> not just because of what you did. So don't you laugh at me. It's I'm serious. Not just because you were awesome on the court. No, just join uh, the club, Dean. We laugh yeah. all the time. So. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an educational. That's it. That's exactly it. You yeah. have used your fame and your experience to make a way for other kids. Yeah. It, give put, them hope. Give them hope. They can do this. If, if I was illiterate and I pulled it off, they have no excuse. Garrick, Brett, do you have any questions or anything you'd like to uh, take on with Dean today? 
Well, I was just going to ask, so when you saw that your basketball career was coming to an end, did you have an idea of what you were going to do next? Or did you all of a sudden just find yourself done and, oh boy, I can't read, you know, what, so where were you at and how did you move forward oh, from that? At, at the time I had a contract to go back and play in Athens, Greece for the second year. And my mother took my passport, my plane ticket and my contract and hid it in the attic of her house. <laughs> and so I'm running around the house looking for my stuff so I could fly out. I said, Mother, have you seen my contract and passport and plane ticket? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I said, Mother, you and I are the only one in the house and it's back there on my dresser. <laughs> so she walks around the house for a few more hours and she came back and she says, yes, I've seen it. And you're not getting it. <laughs> wow. I want you to think about 35 years of basketball. You've been running all over the world. You ain't got no education. You spend every dime you get when you show back up to visit. And then you back over there again. I don't know if you're dead or alive in those countries. You don't call. You don't write. Why don't you consider going back to school and doing something with your life for real? Wow. What did you say to her? I always listen to my mother. There you go. There you go. And you did. And here you are, a real success because of it. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Great, great, great question. Great question. That's one thing that we learned when we were very young. You, you listen oh, to mama. Oh, listen to your mama and daddy. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They got, they're not going to tell you anything wrong. We don't realize the problem of illiteracy in our nation. We, we really don't. Oh, uh, it was... Go ahead. Michelle, over 30 million people are literate. There you go. Yeah, I, I have to tell you guys, uh, you may have heard this story, but I was in Tennessee a couple of years ago with an organization that's really trying to help with illiteracy. There's a number of kids that go to school and they have yeah. never in the history of their family learned to read or learn to write. They come with no shoes on their feet and they come to school. And I was reading with this little girl named star. Uh, she was reading me a book. She's six years old and boy, she not only read, but she did it with passion and she had voices <laughs> for the characters. And Dean, I got to tell you, this blessed my heart. And I said, honey, you read so well. And she was so elated. She said this to me. She said, miss Michelle, can you make me a princess? And I said, a princess? Why do you think I, 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 oh no, she said, are you a princess? And I said, why do you think I'm a princess? She said, she said, you're just so pretty. And I thought that you'd have the power to make me a doctor. And I said, a doctor? And she said, yeah, I want to be a doctor because my mama's sick and yeah. we can't afford to, to take her to the hospital and I want to be a doctor and make her better. And I said, honey, you keep reading like you are. You study hard and don't let anyone tell you you can't. You won't need those stinking princess to make you a doctor. You can do it yourself. You just have faith. God has she, a plan for you, sweetheart. And, and man, She can be anything she wants. 
That's right. And it it touched me so deeply, guys, because she was the first person in her family forever to actually learn to read. So, Dean, what you're doing is amazing, and I encourage people to get the book Power Forward. It's a memoir about Dean going from an illiterate little boy in an orphanage to becoming a professional athlete and so much more. And, And the culmination of finally being a guest on My Michelle Live. Does it get any better than that? <laughs> and, 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 and go to deantolson.com. There you and go. Check out the website. There you go. DeanTolson.com. I'll give you a little sneak peek if you are watching. Otherwise, go to you can uh, get the link at mymichellelive.com. So, guys, now that we know our new friend today, let's talk a little basketball. Final yeah. four, the 2022 men's men's NCAA tournament. It has been crazy, hasn't it? Some unexpected upsets. St. Peter, St. Peter's being a school with just under 3,000 schools made it to the Elite Eight as a 15 seed. Three of the top seeds, Baylor, Arizona, uh, Gonzaga, were eliminated. What, what, what about my school? Let's talk about your school too. Arkansas was oh, in Arkansas. there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, they would. Yeah, they. And they we're not real be... happy with uh, with them around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they I knocked know. Gonzaga out. Yeah, I know. It isn't ironic that I'm from Arkansas and Washington State. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, you got a foot in each in each uh, camp there. Duke, yeah. North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. Uh, we're down to the final four, guys. That's exciting stuff. So, any- yeah, you know, I, I, it's interesting because while the tournament is very unpredictable, very exciting, we we do have what seems to happen a lot of years is after all the upsets are done look at who we have in the final four we have duke we have north carolina we have villanova we have kansas and they talk about blue bloods meaning these are the programs that yes. you always see getting there i think it shows the difference even is still between just like the resources that that some schools have available because st peter's run was amazing but to sustain what they did even for six games, much less to do year after year. Yeah. It's just really hard when you don't have the deep pocketed boosters and that these other schools have, it does make what Gonzaga's program has become really amazing. Cause well, yeah. Cause they used to be viewed as one of those, those yep. underdog mid major or whatever. Yeah. Um, and with some of the upsets, now we are really truly to this final four, right? Final yes. Thank you very much. And so now that we are actually here, guys, uh, and we are seeing the, the blue bloods and stuff, any predictions? Who do I like? Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I we, You know what we talk about, Dean? We love this time of the year, though, because college basketball is it, – it's everything that pro sports has not – it's the exact opposite of what pro sports has become, which oftentimes right. is the big show. 
the big business, uh, a lot of politics, but in college sports still, and when we're watching uh, the NCAA tournament, you just see people playing for their school, playing for heart, and it brings it back to what sports really is to me. What are your thoughts? Well, right now, I like Jayhawk basketball because they gave me a scholarship, but I chose Arkansas over Kansas, and I probably should have went to Kansas, but I didn't have the grades to get in there. So Arkansas did what they had to do to get me in, so I wound up in Arkansas. But the tournament is always so exciting. That's the whole thing. You don't know who is going to win, and they got a a lottery. And if you can pick all the teams, perfect bracket, you'll win $10 million. I guarantee you nobody's going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't keep us from trying, man. Doesn't keep us from trying. Right. 64 teams. I doubt if everybody get anybody get them all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a tough one. But it is an exciting time of year. Guys, do you have any thoughts on who you have as a favorite? I don't consider them the favorite, but. I, I spent it. I spent some time as a kid living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and at Tar Heel oh, basketball. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, sorry, oh. man. Tar Heel <laughs> basketball grabbed me there. That's the only place I ever lived where you're sitting in your elementary school classroom, the ACC tournament starting, and they roll TVs in so we can watch basketball while we're doing school. <laughs> True story. And so, and, yeah. and li- when we lived there, was one of the years that 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 North Carolina made it to the championship game they lost to Marquette that year but remember that yeah it was in fact was it Bo Ellis was on that Marquette team uh, yeah and yeah. Bo Ellis's son was on the St. Peter's team that North Carolina yeah. locked, knocked out he, last week yeah he's about 6'9 six, 6'10 six, guy right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep and I went to their I went to their basketball camp when I was a kid and got to meet Dean Smith and Hubert Davis, North Carolina's coach, his uncle Walter played for that North Carolina team back in the 70s. And that guy became my hero because of just the way he interacted with me at basketball camp. So I just have had a soft spot for that program and this coach and kind of what they've overcome this year. So I don't, I think they may be the number four team out of the four teams there, but I'm rooting for them. All right. Anyone else got a favorite? Well, yeah, t- tell all of these kids in that Final Four, it's fine to play basketball, but put their education first and foremost. That's the favorite in this one here. Yeah. Uh, put you your go. education. You know, in my book, faith, have faith in God, have faith in yourself, yeah. build your education. And Absolutely. the other things are just, they're, they're, they're just what life brings. You may play ba- basketball. You may right. uh, have a carpet company. You may be a talk show host. You may be a pastor or a coach or an author. But whatever it is, take advantage of what we have in, in education and yeah. put your faith in God because he's got a plan for you. That's got to be first and foremost. First, everywhere, everything. And if you don't, everywhere. boom. <laughs> You're not going to win on the court of life. And that's just what it's all about. And man, that's, I guess that's got to be the the big pick. I want to move on to um, 
Speaking of making right choices, we know that this is outside of sports, but the Oscars last week, yes, there was a a really big, awful incident with Will Smith uh, slapping the living daylights out of Chris Rock. And here's where it ties into sports, guys. This is weird. Did you know that, in fact, yes, you do know because, Brent, you sent me this, this, this story too. Will Smith, the Dodgers baseball player, got booed. He got booed when he went up to, to bat. Uh, in fact, how about I show that to you? Because uh, he got booed because he shares the same name as uh, Will Smith. Are you kidding me? This is what happened. Watch this. This facility is shared. It's the 20th year of this facility, by the way. You hear that? And it is shared with the Kansas City Royals. As Will Smith goes up to bed, he gets booed. (laughs) Poor guy. I know. What the heck did he do to deserve that? I'm just saying. Some good clubhouse fodder for him. It's kind of like the coronavirus with with corona beer. Right? Isn't that true? I mean, Corona, Corona beer didn't have nothing to do with that. Oh my gosh, that poor I guy. saw a meme this morning, and it it said next year's Oscar host, and they had Mike Tyson's picture on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And and well, let me tie I, this know, in real I, quick. I think let me tie Michelle, this in real quick, Garrick, to to something else. It's the way people are behaving lately. And it's unfortunate. We've seen and we've talked about some of the fans, the Mexican fans in in soccer, who yell horrible things, boo during another team's national anthem. Even on our soil, the way uh, fans have behaved, people have no self restraint anymore. Garrick. Yeah, I I think you look at situation and there's still some conjecture as to whether or not this was something that was staged or it was something what does it matter it's still it's still inappropriate so were a lot of other things from that those oscars by the way oh yeah yeah and that's why i i don't watch the oscars anymore because especially what came out of the academy after the awards they were talking about and, and they've been working on this for years that they're basically putting in a quota system. Mm-hmm. And that is really, to me, I'm fine with having different categories and things like that. But then when you start putting quotas in, then you don't really know if someone received an award because they actually were worthy of the award or just because they were meeting some quota. Okay. Uh, and that's really true. Not only that, but there is now as Disney has been talking about, they want a quota of 50% LGBTQXYZ characters in in their movies. And then, well, let's just let that lead over to the quota in the NFL. They've instituted the first hiring mandate in the history of the Rooney Rule, which forces the hiring of women and people of color. And so I want to take that on as our... Our face-off, the face-off issue off. today. Face-off! How, how do we feel about that? Do you want to weigh in, Dean? Yeah, I, I, I have a solution for all of it. 
what about a motion picture for Dean Tolson to, <laughs> for all the kids to see? And maybe we can get them educated and we don't make those types of decisions in our lives. Boom. I, I will be glad to work on that with you. I, I, you got, I think there, there's a it's story. Yeah. It, 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 it's all about decisions and choices, isn't it? I, I like it. And it's been a while since we've had a really good movie that had some basketball type theme interwoven right. too. So I think we need a Dean Tolson movie. I'm 100% <laughs> in. You know, my next millions, I'll, I'll put it towards that. It may be a long <laughs> way, so but, but I'm totally in. Yeah. I'd like to talk about that, that that quota thing because the NFL really is instituting the first hiring mandate. They want so many people of color, so many women. I'm all for diversity. I think diversity mm -hmm. brings about the best results. But when you force diversity, you always have an asterisk over in whatever you do and are we hiring people based on are they the best or, or or should they be here or simply because of the color of their skin and in that guys here's my question here's my question isn't that a violation of the civil rights act and equal protection clause under the 14th Here again, Michelle, there's the asterisk, but I think it's more of a question mark that, that mm -hmm. gets put next to the person. And and this is where, and, and it's not an easy answer, okay? There, there's a part of me that says, yeah, you, you just shouldn't have it. But then at the same time, as people are trying to work towards finding an op, it, See, the key is opportunity, okay? If people right. are discriminated against based on skin color, yep. then they may they not have the opportunity, which exactly. is how it was for many years. Mm -hmm. But when, when we've had an African-American president, when you look at the fact that there are African-American head coaches and in all the different positions within NFL teams, then when you start in instituting something like this, then it really... It, it messes with things because now you're going to wonder, are they in that position because they really are the best at what they do? Or is it because of their skin color or their gender? Yeah. And, and, and you and know, as me, a woman in that's sports. Just wrong. And, and it works reporting. to the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Because rather than someone being built up because they're the best, now all of a sudden they're like, oh, is it that? Is that just because of their color? No. And, and that's just wrong. I am all for well, working Gary, on my, my, my story doesn't see color and my story is for anyone who wants to take advantage of it and by them getting that education they can answer some of those question marks that they have and probably are able to negotiate and get what they need on both sides i'm educated you educated yeah and that's where it comes to. You're very right, Brent. It comes to personal excellence. When I'm excellent, and sometimes I'm not going to lie, I'm a woman that has been reporting uh -oh. sports, and I'm a woman of color. How do you define uh -oh. that? Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Aren't uh -oh. you funny? How do you define that? Get out, shut up. Uh, <laughs> and 
as such, there are times where I've been looked over and I've had to work harder and be better oftentimes than my male counterparts in radio broadcasting in order to get recognition. And you know what that's made me? Not mad, but better and harder working. And so when I get a position, you, you can look at it and say, yeah, that, that girl deserved it. That's, that's what I ex- want to work for. Exactly what Dean's talking about. That's right. That's exactly what I had to overcome in politics, basketball, and education to there get where I am today. Brent, weigh exactly. in. One of, yeah, one of the things I've, I have heard recently, too, which makes me really <laughs> grateful for what you're doing, Dean, is some of the narratives coming out are like our culture holds the written word to higher regard. And so it's almost there's this movement to like discourage literacy so that you can have people like just saying things that people will believe because they don't have a way to go back and find for themselves information that may Mm. like you can change history. If people can't read about history and change historical events, but if you can wow. say this happened in 1700 because I said so, and you can't yep. go research it yourself, you are yes. at you are beholden by what people are telling you with their mm-hmm. own agendas. And Dean, what you're doing is absolutely a necessity these days, where people are actually yep. being discouraged from yes, that's actually right. being educated and able to and, to deform their and, own opinions. And, and I'm trying to create this balance in that among people. Mm-hmm. You have to find your balance as individuals in life. We all have to create this balance, good, bad, whoever we are, whatever we want, whatever we do, whatever we need, whatever we're asking for. We need each other to create that balance. If you can't communicate, you never get there. Yeah. And, and that's what we need to do. And in communicating, we need to not shut down other voices. We need to be willing to debate to those other voices. Right. To listen. Exactly. Listen. But we have become, <laughs> we have become a, a country and a world that has, I guess we've become nasty. And I want to use an example as we transition over to soccer with the 2022 World Cup draw taking place today in Qatar. This is something that came out as we are getting all excited about which teams are going to make it to the World Cup. Watch this for a moment. This is, uh, uh, and Brent, set this up for us. I actually don't even know exactly what point in the game this was, but this player is lining up to take a... Well, I believe it was a potentially game-deciding penalty kick in a World Cup qualifying game. And what on his face, and it, it'll be more obvious when, when, she, when you run the video, but there's thousands of people with laser pointers that are, oh. those are laser pointers on this guy while he's lining up to try to take a penalty kick. Uh, and we have a situation right now in sports where, and there he misses it, so if you have people, you have matches stopped because of obscene chants coming from the stands. And I'm not endorsing obscene chants, but when you have this sort of thing going on, which physically interferes with the run of play, and considering some of the things that have happened in stadiums lately, I'd be scared to death that one of those was attached 
not to a pointer, but but some sort of weapon that someone brought in. What's where where are we going with this? We have we have elevated in our society how we feel over how we think. And that ties again back to the theme of the day, be educated, because we're not thinking, we're feeling. I feel as though I want my team to win and so I can justify. We it's illegal to use a laser pointer at airplanes, but it's okay on a field. We have people who will flip off the other team or throw frozen bottles of water at at players this is where we're at it's, well michelle that's exactly what happened to will smith the other night isn't it yeah there you go his feelings yeah his feelings over his emotion and being easily offended as as we're yeah. going to be talking about on another one of the my michelle live broadcasts on sunday you can catch our weekend review my co-host Adam's wife had said to him what Will could have done is gone up and taken his award and said I want to bring attention to alopecia I want to bring you know you could bring attention to something not going up and slapping someone because what you're saying is if I don't like what you say I get to shut you down and that's happening in our college campuses where you have law students that uh, Yale law students that are at a forum for free speech shouting it down we don't want free speech you have (laughs) this happening on the field you have it happening in the Oscars and it comes down to elevating our feelings over our thoughts overthinking yeah. and being and not being able to think anymore garrick you're too silent you weigh in on this pastor <laughs> i'm rarely too silent but i, know, I, I actually I have know. a lot to say about here? this because i think there's a lot going there was a lot going on for will smith because if you recall years ago he was actually very humiliated public by his own wife as she shared about her extramarital affair that she had in their own home and showed no remorse for it. And I think Will, in that moment, he broke down, but he also pledged his faith and his loyalty to his wife. And now confronted with this situation and the Oscars, okay, fast forward a few years, And if you watch the video, they're showing when, after the joke was made, they show Will Smith laughing. So evidently he thought it was funny in the moment, but then he looks over at his wife and sees the very, very unhappy expression on her face. Mm -hmm. And if, in fact, this wasn't something that was staged, then my putting on my pipes pop psychologist hat, okay, <laughs> Lucy Van Pelt or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I think that in that moment, he was triggered yeah. because he did not want to once again see his wife humiliated and just sit by. And so I think it was his opportunity to show himself to be a man who was standing up for his wife. That's and right. So he went after what's his name, Chris, doing the joke and and took matters into his own hands. Now, obviously, 
it, it was not the right thing to do. But that to me is the psych psychological reasoning and rationale behind why, why he decided yeah. to do that. Let me just say real quickly, I used the wrong expression. I said why he decided to do that. I don't think he decided to do that. I think it was a reaction. Why, so why he reacted? It, it, it was not a response. It was a reaction. Dean? Yeah, yeah he, he was right, but he was wrong <laughs> at the same time. There's and a proper so way to react, happens. and there's an improper way to react. The man's hurting, right. and I, I know that right. he's had okay. a come-to-Jesus uh, time exactly. in his life, and he's trying to reason these things yeah. out, but he is yeah. uh, definitely a man yeah. that's hurting. I do yeah. have respect for him yeah. in that. He's, so, he's finding himself. And then, yeah. Dean, and because even in sports, it's like the entertainment industry. There's a lot of ugly stuff that goes on be, behind the, oh, behind the curtain. A he lot of apologize to Chris, though. Yeah, he did. He did. And yeah. hopefully there's moving on from here. Also, there's the we're always so offended in our country. Uh, what Chris Rock said could have actually been taken as a compliment. Was there is there anything not badass and cool about G.I. Jane? Really? It could be like, hey, and I've said this before on yeah. the air. I could see me going up to a girlfriend who my sister um, went bald from chemotherapy at one time. I could see me going up to her and saying, hey, girl, you, I could see you as G.I. Jane. Taking something that's negative yeah. and turning it into a positive. It's all how we look at it. We are so set on being offended. Hollywood in the particular, and now in sports with uh, these decisions of supposedly equality, is setting people up to say, you have a reason to be you're a victim. You are. Uh, you should be offended. And as we can learn from Dean's story, once again, it's not about Dean. Could have said, "I'm a victim. I'm black. I was poor. I was taken advantage of. I'm a victim." But he chose to not be a victim. He chose to be right. a victor. And that's what we can do under this beautiful thing that we call the United States of America. A absolutely. We are at a zero tolerance nation among one another, and I can't figure out why. No, indeed. And so now, real quick, guys, I want to mention something. Dean, you told me how old you were before we went to air, and I didn't believe it. If I didn't know when you played, I wouldn't believe it. You look so, so good. And that kind of uh, leads me I'm in. 71, guys. 71. Are you kidding 71. me? 71. And that, that leads that, me that's into. That's that old saying, black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> See, I could get offended about that. And yeah, there you go. And yet but you're I'm not. not. But not. Uh, this leads me into a commercial. That's right. I, I, I harass Derek about looking 17 all the time. Yeah, so. I know. See, there you go. He guys, understands, right? Guys, Maybe I'm, gonna lead, I'm going well, to lead to into. To go with the black don't crack, we got Asian don't raisin. So, um... <laughs> I've just lost control. Hey, what, what, whatever. All right, guys, we'll the reason us, I brought this up is that I want to get a little commercial in for Calitrin, which is a collagen supplement that I use for looking younger, feeling younger, takes away the aches and the... You know what? Yep. Send in your, your fire. Fire.
to your thirties. Say wow again with Calatrin at mymichellelive.com. So you can get more information at mymichellelive.com and maybe you can be as pretty as uh, Dean Tolson. And then finally, I, w- I want to get to the World Cup, though, because I am pretty excited. It was 3,123 days since the last time the U.S. qualified for a World Cup tournament. And they had a great a win and then a, a disappointing loss, which didn't matter anyway. But in looking at that, Garrick, you being the man of passion for that the other football... How do you think the U.S. is going to fare in the World Cup? Well, we don't have an easy group. We, we no, have England, England and Iran and, and then yeah. Wales or Scotland. And But it's easier than some. It's not the group of death as, <laughs> as they've been groups. So for those who aren't real familiar with soccer, every four years there is the World Cup and teams play these qualifying matches to try and get in. Last time, last go around in 2018, the U.S. did not get in. We lost, we missed by just the, by losing our final game. But this time we had secured a spot prior to the final game, which was in Costa Rica just on Wednesday. And we, we had enough of a buffer that we could have lost five nil and still made it through. If we lost six nil, then we would have gotten knocked out and we ended up losing two nil. It wasn't a bad game, but I think the team would have liked to have gone out on a win. But this year also, because the uh, World Cup is gonna be in Qatar, it's it's not going to be your typical World Cup in that it always, it usually happens in the summer. Uh, they're pushing it actually all the way into December this year. Is it December or November? November and December. November and December, yeah. And, but the teams are then, after they qualify, there's just this random draw and you get who you get in your group. This year, they're also having playoffs, which is unusual because usually by when the draw happens, every team that's going to be in. But this year, there's actually going to be a play, like a pre-tournament playoff for for several spots for people who were tied and so in our group the u.s england iran i mentioned and then wales and scotland will be playing against one another to find out who gets to go in so it's interesting that there could be a uk derby as they like to call it so within the own, their own United Kingdom there, you, they might be playing one another, which is very unusual. That doesn't happen yeah, very it'll often. It'll be real fun. It's, gonna be, it's going to be fun regardless. I'm just thankful that we don't have the embarrassment again of the U.S. not making it in. So we're, we're in. That's just like, and I know that weighed really heavy on this very young team a very young team and it weighed on their shoulders uh, probably even more so on the coach so uh, way to go USA looking forward to it guys it is time for us to go to our final shot where we go around the table and uh, just give a shout out to an idea thought or something that you may be passionate about you want folks to know final shot So we're going to first go to Garrick. 
Let's get ready to get panged. Get ready to get panged. Go ahead, Garrick. I'm actually going to go to soccer for mine. I'm giving mine to someone who was playing in that 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 final qualifying match in in CONCACAF when the United States played against Costa Rica. Their goalkeeper, Kaylor Navas, who plays for PSG Paris Saint-Germain, but has been the national team goalkeeper for um, for Costa Rica for many years. And he has been this stabilizing force for them. And some people say he is the reason, one of the big reasons why they've had such success making several World Cups in a row. But he may have played his last game in um. the national stadium there for Costa Rica in that game. He, he went off the field just before due to an injury before the end of the game. But he is, from what I hear, he's just a class act and a great guy and, and Aww, has really there been you go. a great role model for those young players for the Costa Rican national team. Uh, Kaylor Navas, you get my, uh, my final shot. Brent R. Baker, final shot. I am prepared this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so, Friday doesn't uh, always come. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> if you, anybody who's watched the, the NCAA followed the St. Peter's story. And I saw something this last couple of days that I have never seen ever, really, at any level of, of sports. So... Shaheen Holloway, who coached the St. Peter's Cinderella team. Yeah. Um, So he was hired a couple days ago by his alma mater, which was Seton Hall. He played there as a player. He actually was an assistant coach there for some time before St. Peter's hired him as their head coach four years ago. So there had been rumors flying around that he would be the next Seton Hall head coach. And indeed, he has been hired. Now, what was cool about this was this says so much about him, I think, as a person and the relationships he built with his players. His entire St. Peter's team came with him to the press conference where he was introduced as Seton Hall's new coach at Seton Hall in the Seton Hall gym with like a thousand Hall people. And they actually, the team there got three standing ovations from the Seton Hall people. But I just thought, wow, this guy, he goes in, he has to tell these guys, I've taken another job elsewhere. It's my alma mater. They've, I'm sure, heard all the rumors. And they, there's just enough mutual love and respect between them that they were, like, supporting him moving on to, like, his dream job and came with him as he's introduced to, into that. So I just thought that was awesome. And I, I've never seen that before where a guy's old team went with him to be introduced to his new new job so that's, that's an pretty awesome, awesome. Good story that is yep. uh, let's go to our guest today who i have just been so enchanted with it has been such a joy to <laughs> have you, you with yeah. us today what a blessing it's just you're part of the family thanks thank for joining us what's your final shot my final shot is uh threefold Let's bring the Sonics back. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's number one shot. <laughs> number two shot. To all those kids out there listening today, 
first and foremost, get your education in life and you'll go far. If you look at the Dean Tolson life and the Dean Tolson story, it's amazing journey. And the destination was graduation. At 57 years old, magnum cum laude, master's degree from the University of Arkansas. And my mama was there. And it was the proudest moment of my life. And then the third and final thing is when the Dean Tolson book comes out. The first place I'm coming to is Seattle, Washington. Woohoo! That's right. And we'll be waiting for you, my friend. You are part of the family now. All the fans love Duncan Dean. That's right, Duncan Dean. I'd, I'd, I'd dunk on you from the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I and, love and, you, Dean. And, and so I want to start it there and then take it all the way across the country. And the mayor, Bruce Harrell, is a dear friend of mine. Right, right on. Him and, him and his brother, Keith Harrell, the late Keith, famous late Keith Harrell, who was one of my mentors, as one who encouraged me to do this story, the top five speakers in the entire world. And he said, Dean, take your story, man, and give it to the people. That's right. And then we'll and look for the I'm movie. Doing. We'll look for the movie next. I'm going to give my final yeah. shot. My final shot, two things. One, this is a gift pack, including a getaway at a gorgeous lodge that you can get for one of our newsletter recipients. So if you go to mymichellelive.com, sign up for the newsletter, someone will win in April, including this thing, which you can buy at mymichellelive.com. This has gone all over the world with me. What is it? It's an espresso maker at this size. Water goes in one end, coffee grounds go in the other, and then you pump this thing into your cup and it becomes the the most gorgeous crema espresso i bring uh milk that i heat wherever i'm at and a handheld frother and i have a latte with me so this thing's great you can take it with you to your lunch day that's right i'm telling you i'm telling you so that's that's my final shot to you, the the listener, the reader, the viewer. Uh, you're not just watching this as a, as someone that's getting entertained or having fun with us. You are making a difference in free speech. When you watch this, when you like it, when you share it, when you tell people, "Hey, have you seen my Michelle Live show?" When you do that, you're making a stand for free speech. You're making a stand for free media. You're making a stand for someone who may speaks other than what the prescribed uh, script is for media outlets and it's important your freedom is on the line right now and we are standing for it so thank you very much and thank you to the guys who have been part of sports time out today and especially dean tolson you can find him at teentolson.com and the link at my michelle live god bless you guys Good